Yeah, I wouldn't have put X-Lax in my coffee if uh, I knew we were starting. That's, uh, well, that's a good way to start the episode. And welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, <laughs> episode 243. My name is... Uh, Brando Zoom episode. I'm really excited to to speak today with uh, both of my guests. One of which, really quickly, and sorry, JT, you're just not as important as our main guest. <laughs> JT, uh, I mispronounced it last time. Tourette, 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 Tourette. Not like Tourette syndrome. Tourette. Like Tourette. It is a real word. Gotcha. So you've been on before, and you were actually you helped me land this interview. But you introduced me to your friend Vanessa, who connected me today with. Do I is it weird? Do I call you Fat Mike? I've been saying it my whole childhood, but now that I'm face to face with you, I feel like I'm saying something like an insult. What do I, well, how do you prefer to be called by your friends? You can say it. Okay. You, you can say it. And yes, I am insulted every time you say it, <laughs> but you know, I'm just used to it. So, <laughs> well, Mike Burkett from No FX, you know, not just for the podcast itself, and, and you know, you're just one of the many people that it's, it's crossed off my bucket list, but just as a, as a punk rock fan growing up in high school, oh. you know, this is just a. Uh, Amazing, and I still listen to your music. I, what I, I, I watched, I washed my dishes to uh, linoleum uh, the other day. So nice, fifteen minutes, you know, washing dishes, and then I went by a lot quicker. So, uh, thank you for that. All those years later, for making that song, your uh, dishwasher, huh? <laughs> uh, my fiance, she, uh, she cooks. I clean. That's, uh, that's how it works. That's how it works. Oh, at home, at home, you do the dishes. I thought maybe that was your second gig. I do, you know, in radio, you wouldn't, you're not too far off. You know, maybe I should wash dishes as a third gig working in radio. Not all of us are Howard Stern, I guess. Uh, but today, I'm Yeah, it doesn't say- seem like radio these days is that lucrative. No, unless... That's why I've got a podcast. You know, I make my living doing the, the not, like, behind-the-scenes stuff, thankfully. And I do have a secondary job, which I've had for, like, 10 years to accompany that. But... As you probably know, Mike, if you love what you do for a living, you know, it's uh it doesn't really matter. So that's kind of why we're here to talk to you today. I mean, am I I'm happy that we're getting new no effects, but it's not the double album that we initially were, were gonna get. So it's single album. Is that what it's uh it's called coming out next month? It's single album. I love it. It is. And you know, it was even when it was a double album, it was still called single album. Which okay. is kind of cool that we didn't have to change the name. Oh, perfect. Even if you had <laughs> graphics made it was just good. It was just going to be confusing. It was just going to be a double album called Single Album, uh, which I thought was funny. And now it, it's kind of funny. Now it's just Single Album. So people <laughs> ask me, why is it called Single Album? Well, it's not a double album, is it? No. <laughs> There's uh, 10 songs on there, it looks like. And that means uh, I want to know how many didn't make it. How many albums could this, how many songs could have been on the, if it was a double album? Well, there were uh, 13 more songs and then four or five that didn't make it on top of that. Okay. So there's about 28 songs 
Wow. And what's really crazy is I have 38 new songs written. Awesome. Since I went to sober camp. So, and no effects, we're actually recording our new album now before Amazing. our new album even is coming out. Just weird. All right. So it could have been a quadruple you know, if album. If you feel like you're, if you're feeling it, it, you got to go with it. It could have yeah, been not really. That's, that's cool. And I, first, let me say, uh, but, but the 13 uh, songs that okay. got cut are not uh, going anywhere. The 13 out songs that are got cut are actually cut. Well, so I was going to say what I love about sometime, but our new album. What I love about your band is we actually usually do hear everything. I mean, whether you put them out on the seven inch of the month club or B sides here and there. I mean, the, the songs usually do make it out. I've heard even demo versions of stuff. You're, you don't keep them that close to the best. Well, that's, uh, but are that's some of them really buried? Seven inch of the month club. Wait, well, I'll use all these. Cause I like all the songs. I just, uh, I like the new songs I'm writing better. And uh, the seven inch of the month club, it's funny how people don't like it. Cause it's purposely not, it's not that I make the songs not good demos. And we just kind of go in and record the songs, get used to them and then record them for real on the album. Mm. So the seven inches are supposed to sound different. They're supposed to be special. Right on. I like that. That's very cool. So I guess then how do you feel if you were, you know, obviously 2020 screwed everybody over and this was initially going to be a double album, but it's great that we have all these songs waiting to be released. Are you happy that you're putting out a double album or are you kind of just chomping at the, or a single album rather, or are you just chomping at the bit to be like, I'm already thinking ahead towards what's what I already have. No, you're going to, you're, you're going to like this new stuff. Wait till I hear even coming down further down the pike. So are you, like anxious about it or are you just happy with like how the process ended up turning out? Uh, no, I don't like the process and I'm really, uh, I wish this album would come out already because it's been done for about a year. Oh, which wow. Which is really crazy for us. Uh, it, it was supposed to come out in September, but then uh, Frank Turner called me and said, Hey, we're almost done recording that split. And I was like, Oh fuck. And I totally forgot. So uh, we had to go in and record our half of the split and then put out that record first. So, but that was a good, that was a good COVID record to come out. It was, it was happy and fun. And this one is way darker. So that's interesting. You say it's darker, but uh, I certainly don't want to gloss over what you said before you, uh, you wrote some of the new music at a sober house. Is that what you said? No, the new, new music. Uh, Sober camp. Sober camp. Yeah, the new, new music. The new, new music. Well, first of all, congratulations. Uh, It was recently uh, five years uh, for me without a drink. So congratulations to you. Then I guess how is writing under, not under the influence, I guess, you know, does that differ from your normal uh, style of writing? Was it easier? What came out of it? Because you said it's darker material. Well, that record, uh, I never had depression before. It's kind of the first time in my life I had depression mm. from my musical, not opening from getting uh, a divorce from uh, my wife, Soma. Uh, things were not going well and things were going well with, with my first wife either. And uh, so being depressed, I did a lot of drugs and drank a lot and wrote pretty much always at like three, four, 
five in the morning. Uh, that's kind of the best time to write dark songs because mm. uh, your mind goes all kinds of weird places. And, you know, some of these lyrics on, on single album, some of them seem a little disjointed because I just went on weird tangents. And uh, I think it's, it's really interesting material. And, it's, and the record is different than any of our records. So, you know, a lot of good came out of all my drug abuse. I understand. I, I believe me. I uh, I'm on 60 milligrams of Cymbalta. <laughs> you know, I I, I I often talk about mental health. Is that a weight loss health. drug? What is that? I know. No, it's a uh, uh, you know making sure my my chemicals in my brain are, are flowing, so I'm not uh, I'm not too not too depressed. Oh. You know, but getting to speak with that mic of no effects today is my my bit of serotonin. So wherever you can get it. Um, well, <laughs> I mean that's 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 really that's awesome. I'm glad it's making you happy. It is, you know, because it's it's draining for me. This is draining all of my (laughs) serotonin just talking to you. So you're you're getting it. You're picking it up. All right. Well, I mean, is there anything I can do to make it flow? You know, back and forth. No. The first song on the record sounds like uh, it might be a depressing one. It's called "The Big Drag." (laughs) So is that song a drag? Uh, it's, it's, a, it's one of my favorite songs I've ever written, actually. Uh, it's, I don't know. It's the only song I've ever written that I'm not sick of. That's awesome. Cause, uh, no measure is, no measure is the same. Every time I switch chords, each chord is played with a different rhythm. Uh, there's the bass guitar never lands on one note. It, it just kind of is there. It's kind of. This is weird. It's just a very strange song and it makes people uncomfortable. (laughs) It sounds like an adventure. Uh, You mentioned not getting sick of it. Uh, That reminds me to ask you about linoleum being on the new album uh, where you talk about retiring linoleum. Were you sick of playing linoleum and were you really going to not play it anymore if there had been shows this year? Was it out of the set list? Well, uh, we were learning the new one. Once we actually learn the new one and if we can play it, then uh, we'll probably replace the old one. It's going to be a great moment when people rules. think you're starting. Rules. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be a great moment when people in the crowd think you're starting linoleum and it's linoleum and they go to the sing along. <laughs> I think uh, yeah, we'll probably have a third one by then. By the time we play live, we'll have a third one and uh, <laughs> people will really be fucked. I like to write songs that uh, bump that uh, surprise people. You got to su- always surprise your yeah. listener with lyrics or with, uh, or with chord changes or melody. And that's what I get off on. No, I was pleasantly surprised uh, the contributions that Avenged Sevenfold made. Can you just tell us how that came about, how the working with them, uh, What's that? What's that, JT? Who are you doing? Tapping. Uh, oh, tapping. No, I've been golfing. I've been golfing with uh, with Aunt, with mm, for a few years now, mm. and we're just good <laughs> friends. <laughs> That's and, you two golfing. Uh, uh, wow. said, Who's a better golfer? You yeah, or we, M we tear it up. <laughs> He's better. Okay. He's better, but I keep beating him. I think he gets nervous around me. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I the last why. three times we played, I beat him. I love what it. What are you shooting these days? 
Uh, with him, I, I shot 86. Not bad. Last time we played two rounds in under five hours. How about that? That was pretty cool. Speed golf. His plush country club in, in, uh, <laughs> in Palm Springs. Uh, which is, it's funny because I was at his house when I got uh, my, uh, my bleeding ulcer really went into uh, a bad place. And I was at his house not feeling well and passed out pretty much. And then threw up two pints, two uh, liters of blood, like all over his carpet and bathroom floor. It was fucking disgusting. Uh, thought I was dying. You know, when you're puking up blood, you're like, well, this is new. Yeah. Uh, and I haven't been drinking today. So what the fuck is this? And then I was shitting blood. And so there's like blood shit all over his fucking house and, and puke, <laughs> puke blood. And awesome. uh, I'm like, it's kind of like John Belushi. You know, the paramedics are picking me up because uh, I thought I was dying. And like when John, <laughs> in Animal House, when John Belushi smashes that guitar, I was like, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right. S- send me the bill. <laughs> um, oh, awful. I hope you're feeling, I mean, are you all good now? I mean, you look good. You sound good. I mean, is everything, uh, cause I, yeah, I'm I good. Know. All right, good. I'm glad, to, I'm glad. Yeah, to I've, I've been that. sober. I've been sober for a few months, sober for a few months, which is, uh, I'm, I'm enjoying it a lot. It, uh, I'll never end up being sober forever. Cause it's just not me, but I'm, I'm digging it right now. Right on. I'm really happy to hear and, that. Uh, man. Yeah. Right on. Uh, obviously the good news is when okay. I went to, uh, rehab, uh, the doctors there and two therapists, they all, all, all said, Oh, what are you doing here? You're not an alcoholic or a drug addict and you, you don't seem to have any mental issues. And, and it turns out what I was, my, my stomach got so bad from, uh, H pylori from this bacteria, which mm-hmm. is actually chlamydia of the stomach. Don't ask me how I got that. That oh, I don't know. But uh, it <laughs> was a song in there somewhere. It wasn't the booze or yeah. <laughs> and uh, they said, yeah, you, you, your liver's fine. And, uh, you know, because I'm not a daily drinker. They just said, you have a problem dealing with issues. So when you get issues in your life, you drink and do drugs. So uh, when I was there, they're like, let's deal with your issues. So when I got out, I was like, shit, everything's good now. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm stoked. Yeah, yeah. Therapy first. I've been in therapy for God. I don't know. She's gonna come. My, my therapist is gonna come to my wedding. Put it that way. Uh, so I, obviously, you before we started recording, you made some remarks to like my slash. Uh, you know, I bought it off Amazon. Nothing. It's nothing. To slash. Yeah, uh, you know. Do you have post- slash on? Do you have slash on your show? Uh, I wish I've had, had a son on twice. Guns N' Roses is weird. You know, maybe you can tell us about your relationship because I know you've worked with Dizzy Reed. I've had Dizzy on, but it's hard to get to yeah. that. You know, we were just talking about how you release everything. You're so forthright with your fans. We don't get, you know, uh, as a GNR centered podcast, we talk about everything, but I just don't want to be another generic rock show. So GNR is the hook. Uh, yeah. The Axel doesn't do that. So that's why, you know, I'm excited to hear new, any new music, you know, obviously no effects. Well, because we don't get it from GNR, we have no updates about anything. It's so few and far in between. So uh, that's why Slashes doesn't come on. You know, uh, as far as I know, he's uh, maybe afraid of spilling the beans. Even though I wouldn't, uh, 
ask about it. See, I'm not asking you any hard questions. I'm yeah. relatively easy to get. I, along uh, with I don't know that much. I can't, I don't know them. Uh, I, uh, the bass player who, who the, the replacement bass player, you know, oh, from the Tommy Simpson? I, Tommy, I know him. He's been on a couple and, of times. But it, getting like we've, we've played with guns and roses a few times and, uh, getting anywhere near them is impossible. And, uh, like you're not even allowed to leave your backstage when they're going to the stage. This is at festivals, but, uh, is we ran another band like that? And, and another... the Snake Pit. Okay. No, I've never seen another band as like uh, Guns N' Roses. Okay. Nobody. Even even like Oasis, uh, we, we took trains with them in Japan and they were just hanging out. They had some security, but those guys, those guys are more accessible. Interesting. Uh, even though Guns N' Roses is, is the biggest band in the world, Oasis is pretty fucking big too. Mm-hmm. But once on, uh, we, were, we were on a plane playing a festival in uh, Norway and it stopped somewhere. And then as it took off, there was only no effects and slash and the snake pit on the plane. So it was just pretty cool. And the stewardesses were like drinking with us and we got into a pillow fight and, <laughs> and slash was the guy who came over to us. He goes, Hey you guys, what's up? What band are you? I'm, you know, I'm slashed. Like, Oh, cool. Uh, he came up to us, which is, you know, it's the responsibility of the guy in the bigger band to do that. Mm. If you're in the smaller band, you just kind of look like a weenie. So and I want to read snake Duff. Is I bigger than no effects. I want to go bike riding with Duff. Yeah, you want to no, go bike riding with Duff? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, yes. I would say no effects was yeah, bigger than Yeah, because I read Duff's biography. Okay. Of course we are. Yeah, of course. I mean... But still, he's like, as a singular... We're not bigger than Guns N' Roses, but we are a lot better than Guns N' Roses. So that stands for something. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Hey, sometimes they, made, the they made one good record. Their first record was good. Okay. Okay. But, uh, hey, sometimes I'm in the mood for no effects and so not GNR. But really, do you say that? Because a lot of people just say appetite is good. Nothing off user illusions. You don't like any of that. You know, dare I even ask about uh, Chinese democracy? Did they, did they make the wrong move doing a double album? <laughs> Yes, okay. they, they did make the wrong move. And that's why one of the reasons why I decided not to make a double album. And, you know, M Shadows was a lot of it because he listened to all of it. And he goes, Mike, this is a great single album, but it's not it's not a great double album. There's some songs that if there's songs that are better than other songs, it's not a good album. Mm-hmm. Like, I see you, you need to make an album that's good all the way through. Th- this was a little spotty. And uh, what's that Guns N' Roses album called? So the there's user illusion is the double user yeah. illusion one and two, but uh, yeah that that was a that was a total mistake. Uh, it's just it's so I have it the, the, up it's there. Just masturbation, some of those songs. We I just songs like it because it's more songs. And, and it's more songs, <laughs> but I hear some really good songs, but then they go on forever. And it, you know, whoever made the the twelve inch record, knowing that you can only put. 35 minutes on it, 40 minutes. That's perfect. That's how long you, you can listen. And uh, I don't know. I was pretty uh, bummed out with user illusion. You know, I prefer uh, the first EP. Okay. Live like a suicide. And, uh, and appetite for destruction was great. But after so many years, you come out with that and then Chinese democracy, Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, hey, but I'm, I'm stoked they're back together though with the, 
some of the original members. Yeah. Right on. Right no, on. I mean, I think they're a great band. I think they're a great band, but uh, not prolific. That's for sure. No, thank God I found no effects. Cause if I uh, kept having guns and roses as my only band, I really loved, uh, I'd only have very few songs to listen to over and over again. JT, what did you call yourself? Uh, I want you to say it, the, the kind of expert you are with no effects. Well, I'm an, I'm, I'm the no effects expert of the show. I've seen you guys over 65 oh, nice. sets, 65 sets at least that I can remember. Jesus um, Christ. Yeah, I really like no effects. Well, I was on the Warp Tour in 2006 with you guys, and everybody that I was uh, I was playing on Angelo's stage, uh, the Doctor Mad Vibe stage, and I was working for two bands, and everybody knew if no effects was on, like, bye JT. <laughs> so I saw you guys 45 times that summer because you played a different set every day, and it was awesome. That's, that's what we do. That's what wow. we do. Yeah, that, a you know, set and, every day. Wow. Having Brian Baker, and and a lot of the songs we play. Uh, we don't know very well. I just I write the set <laughs> yeah, list an hour before we go on, and everyone, uh, everyone learn. Oh shoot, we got to play this song so people they'll go over it. But you know, songs we haven't played in years. Yeah, and you, also, did, you know our band. You did what's the matter with kids just, for me? <laughs> yeah, I just because oh, yeah. to hear different jokes, to hear different jokes. Yeah, you played seventy songs that summer, and I had like a list going, and I would just find different members of the band, be like, "Hey, you didn't play Liza and Louise yet. Hey, you didn't play What's the Matter with Kids yet." And then you would do it, <laughs> and and we do it. Yeah. Yep. Sure. That's awesome. what we do. Uh, and Warped Tour, like Brian Baker from Bad Religion and Ryan Threat, he would get a drink and watch us every day. And you know, when I know that, it's like, oh shit, we got to put on a di- on a different show because Brian's watching us. And he was always there. So we had to change the set list. It's just how you do it. Because, you know, yeah. uh, in, in, we're, try, we're trying to impress our friends, not the fans. Who get, yeah, yeah. You know, but we, if we, we have, have to make a there, difference so the, to... the Bouncing Souls could watch a different set. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, I mean, you know, that's, I, I that's love that. one of the differences between punk rock and, and, and rock. Punk rock is just so much better than uh, metal, for instance. Uh, you know, lyrically, musically, uh, we have better chord progressions, way, way smarter lyrics, because uh, we're way smarter people. You know, I was just, I was talking about this last week when I realized how many punk labels there are started by members of punk bands. And if you look at metal, there's nothing like that, you know, because those guys couldn't figure out how to start a label or to promote something they just kind of go along with shit uh or there would be a guy there would be some guy from megadeth but i mean dave mustaine thinks there's nazis on the moon uh <laughs> boy spending time <laughs> with dave mustaine that is something else <laughs> he asked awesome. brandon about his sex life uh a few episodes ago on this podcast <laughs> and i interviewed yeah. stain I interviewed him on my birthday and he asked if I had, I got laid yet. <laughs> it was very awkward. That's not really asking you about your sex life. If you, when you ask me about my sex life, no, that's a question. That's, yeah. that's an answer that'll take all year. Yeah. JT. I don't know. That might be another show. <laughs> I, told, I specifically said, don't steer him towards BDSM. We'll be talking about whips and chains for the whole fucking podcast. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I love uh, the, uh, that's why, you know, yeah. GNR, but that's why part of my heart, you know, is always going to be punk rock. I love those, uh, the early decline of Western civilization, not part two, but part one, which was about punk rock. Uh, so and yeah, that's that was why, great. 
It was great. So, you know, when you, with all the songs that you have and you're always kind of, oh, so many things going on. I want JT, I want you to ask, and I guess to tie everything together, uh, the references, uh, the Guns N' Roses references and songs. Do you four. remember what, there's four of them and do you know what songs those are? Because I didn't. It, the No Expert knew. Four No Effect songs reference Guns N' Roses. Which four are they? I'll tell you if you really? don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, no. I don't know any of them. Wow. What? Okay. Come on. Two are no, obvious. No. All right. Uh, okay. We got two Jealous Agains. What's with this oh, underdog yeah. and this GNREP? So I guess Evan yeah, yeah, has yeah. Live Like a Suicide? Yeah, and... That's rare. And she has the Robert Williams. Okay. And, Robert Williams. All right, so... The okay. sequel song, I've Got One Jealous Again Again, Take Back Your Guns N' Roses with the Robert that Williams cool title? cover. That's such a cool title. I love yeah, it. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and now, by the way, how's your Fugazi picture disc? That doesn't exist, does it? <laughs> it doesn't exist. I just threw that in so people <laughs> so it Wild Goose Chase? Yeah. Uh, on what album is that? SNM Airlines, L.A., what song references Guns N' Roses? Oh uh, yeah, L.A. I met I met Slash. I got a rose tattoo. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> and there and there's one more. And I I don't know if this was your idea to put it in there at the end of the B side, the fastest longest line. El Jefe yeah. does the uh, yeah yeah yeah. Uh, yeah 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 that was his actual impression yeah that was that amazing <laughs> that, he got he goes straight from a fat mic impression to an axle impression yeah yeah uh, some uh, not many people have heard that that song because that song isn't released uh, digitally at all I don't think no it's on it's on Liza Louise B side or something Liza Louise B side yeah yeah. That's why I needed JT on this. Uh, you gotta have you episode. gotta have songs like that. We actually do have songs that uh, aren't out there, but in weird ways. Like uh, we used to play a song every year, every night for four years, which is the idiot son of an asshole. Which <laughs> yeah, is, people sung along. They really did. We never recorded that. Mm. Which is cool to have a song that's popular and have never recorded it. Like fish uh, and the Grateful Dead. No. Oh Two of your favorites, right? I didn't think of it that way. <laughs> no, oh he doesn't gosh. feel good about himself. Yeah, yeah. people got to get there. The difference is that, no, those bands write so many terrible songs that they couldn't get anyone to record them, I bet. Because, <laughs> I mean, seriously. What, what did the deadhead say when he got out of rehab? What's the shit I've been listening to? You know, that, that's, that's exactly how it is. You cannot listen to that music if you're sober. I'm not a you, huge. I'm not. A, I'm not a big dead fan. I mean, I, I, he I beats them up in most of it. Nobody really is. Not my age. Not my age. No the, one. Uh, no one I work says, hey, classic- what do you want to do today? Let's listen to some Grateful Dead albums. Never happened. <laughs> I work in classic rock radio, so I know some of my uh, my my seasoned veteran uh, coworkers love the dead, but it's not. Yeah, obviously, Fish is so much better. Uh, it's not for me either. It's not for me. I like uh, hard guitars. That's why. You know, that's why I like No Effects. I like. You know, the, the, that's why I'm excited to hear the variety of it. So it's coming out and you were talking, you know, I can't gloss over the fact that you have your own label, uh, Fat Wreck, that's coming out. Uh, you know what? Actually, so I don't lose it. Can you talk about some of the other bands that are on Fat Wreck? Maybe we should, uh, we should check out. Guns and Wankers. 
Guns N' Wankers, that they're an old band that I uh, I signed as they broke up, but I just like the album so much, and it's still a cool album. Uh, I'm kind of stoked on Fat Records right now because we put out five or six records in 2020 that were really good, and you know all those those contests of record of the year, a lot of them got that, which is super oh. cool for me because. Uh, I, I produced a lot last year. One of the records I produced was Get Dead. That's an amazing record. And uh, and Bad Cop, Bad Cop, and Bomb Pops. Both those girl bands are really fucking yeah. great releases. So, uh, so I'm stoked. I, I, how do you balance that with writing new music and, and running a label? You know, how have you kind of reevaluated your time over the last year since you were you were not allowed to go anywhere at concerts like is there is it difficult or does it come naturally since you just love what you do it's called cocaine brando <laughs> uh when <laughs> keeps you productive it, it seems it makes it makes time for everything you know sure it's, it's simple okay <laughs> no i i uh yeah, you know, I, I am changing my life i'm slowing down a lot okay. now uh i'm with uh I'm with, I'm with a new woman and we just spend a lot of time actually doing yoga and bike riding and uh, cool hanging out and, you know, s- sex. But uh, I used to produce one band a year. And last year uh, it was five bands. Uh, and I moved, I moved into a big house. There's always people there. And I was, when you have a studio at your house, you just always invite people over. And then they want you to uh, either they want you or you, you, you butt in and give them your advice when it's not wanted either way, I was always in the studio with these bands and uh, yeah, I, I have a way of uh, telling bands on my label, what I think of their albums, unless they're done and I haven't heard them yet. In which case I say great album guys, but if, if they're in the recording process, uh, I want to put out good records on my label. I care a lot. And sure. last year I, I just, uh, yeah, I produced a lot of bands. You're doing Fishbone right now, right? I mean, how much are you butting in with a band like Fishbone? That's now they're, I think, mostly the original lineup. A lot. <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, like, I don't even know if we're going to get through this album because a couple of the guys in the band, uh, I annoy them a lot. Because <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm to every to everything, pretty much everything. I have something to say about it. I'm, uh, I'm just really trying to simplify them. And uh, get okay. to the point and the catchy choruses. And I'm, I take like my favorite parts of their songs and I try to, you know, really uh, make it more important. And cause you know, they go in so many different directions and those guys, they're insane. Cause, cause as people, they all go in different directions. And uh, when you have Angelo and his, and his uh, zither or what is that thing that the, <laughs> he has some weird electronic instrument. I know he's fond of the theremin. I just, what do you do with that? What are you supposed to do? <laughs> yeah, when, it, when he's with his theremin, and uh, it's just crazy. And he goes, oh, I like it to be in every song. I'm like, oh, my God, H- how do I possibly deal with this? And, <laughs> you know, everyone calls me on their own secretly saying what they, how they feel about the songs. Oh, that's fun. But they don't say it in front of all the guys. It, it's, it's just, uh, it's really fun. <laughs> As in... Uh, as in dysfunctional. 
Yeah, I've, I've collaborated with Angelo against my will that summer on the 2006 Warp Tour many times. I would just, be, <laughs> I'd be playing my solo set, and then I would hear, <laughs> I'm like, wow, fishbone collab going against my will. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, That's funny. Yeah, he does that. But uh, we we have three songs right now, and they're awesome. Sweet. I want to Did we talk you. about this Does He Read thing yet, Brando? I want to make sure we get that in. I don't know how he wound up playing on the Koki album. Uh, the song is sure, called that. that Time I Killed My Mom. Yeah, so how did you end up working with, yeah. uh, with Dizzy? <laughs> uh, well, I recorded the Koki album at, at Danny Loner's house from Nine Inch Nails. And uh, I just moved in for three months. I just moved into his guest bedroom. And... Uh, and he, that guy knows everyone. Danny knows everyone. So I was just, he was like, oh, let's, let's get Dizzy to play keyboard on the song. Like, yeah. And there's a lot of guest appearances from people on that record. And uh, Dizzy was just back because from tour, that guy's a monster. I mean, GNR, then he has another band he's in that Hookers tours and, all the Hookers time. And Blow. So he was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This, I could see and, the uh, Noah Fax Hookers I, and Blow show. I could see that happening. That would be awesome. That could happen. I don't. I still want to go bike riding with Duff because Duff is a punk rocker. Okay. Uh, He's somebody that I like Slash. I wish I had on the show. I've had his wife on the show. I've had two of his brothers on the show, but GNR is... There was a a vandal in Guns N' Roses. Josh Freeze was in there. I I, I want to get Josh Freeze on. I just haven't made that that contact, but... Now, one thing I wanted to ask. Yeah, he, he, those were, those were weird days. When you show up every night at 10 PM, that's when, uh, they got to the studio and just went all night because that's how Axel does it. And yeah, boy, uh, how many years did that take to record? 12 years, 13 years, something like that. I think it was 15 initially. I mean, it you gets know, uh, the offspring, off. we're going to title their album Chinese Democracy. The one that would eventually you snooze, become Splinter. You yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And Axel got pissed. He got pissed. And they ended up right uh, doing the name uh, Splinter was that the offspring uh, record. But not, that's great. And I, I love the fact that Izzy just works with so many different musicians. It was uh, exciting to know that he has worked with uh, with no effects with you before. I mean, this is things that JT brought to my attention. Well, but with Koki the Clown. With Koki the Clown, sure. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I want to ask uh, your opinion because obviously it's the elephant in the room in the world uh, with, with COVID and returning to shows and no effects. Or, or you're known for your live shows. How, I guess, comfortable do you feel, I guess, going back and doing shows? Is it because there are some bands that do it now, Smash Mouth, uh, Steel Panther, but I mean, I, especially at your shows where people are moshing, like, are you, are you waiting to be vaccinated? Like, guess, how do you feel? about the eventual return of concerts at some point. I'm not, I'm not worried about it. Okay. You make me feel better, Sam. Uh, happens, it happens. Uh, other guys in my band really want to play, but I'm doing other shit. I'm a, uh, I, wrote a, I wrote a sitcom. My musical is going to be a series now. Uh, oh, Home Street Home. I'm writing songs. A, a- can you tell us about that, the uh, musical and the sitcom? Uh, well, 
I can't really go into the sitcom because the idea is really cool. And uh, okay. we're okay. shopping it right now. Understood. Uh, the musical, uh, I'm actually talking to two big producers about the uh, series. One of them is Barbara Broccoli, who owns all the James Bond movies. Mm. And uh, we're waiting to hear back from Gigi Pritzker, who uh, she's a big producer there too. But because we split with, uh, with Kevin, McCullum, who is our old producer, who only does musicals, you know, Rewrite right. and Avenue Q. And now, uh, you know, I'm going to TV. So we need a higher caliber. Good news is so Home Street Home is this is no longer the idea is to do it as a staged musical is you're going you're going onto the screen. It's going to be both. Oh, sweet. Uh, your daughter sings and, on and my cat just walked in back. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, kitty. My cat just wow, that's a me. huge cat. Your cat needs a diet. No, this one is so small; it just came in front of the camera, so it just looked like a you know, Tyrannosaurus Rex. This this guy looks like a oh. kitten. <laughs> Sorry, he just does that when he wants treats. He just sits in front of the laptop like I'm not doing anything. Uh, uh, with the Home Street Home, with the musical, it's very confusing because you had years ago the soundtrack with all our, our punk rock friends playing on it. And then this new batch of songs from the musical that you got your daughter, Darla, does a fantastic job as Sue. Um, actually, I was going to ask, is she going to have to audition or does she just get that part uh, when the musical comes out? Uh, I, I, was trying to sneak, I was trying to sneak her on the album just by you know, doing a little vocal part on one song. And she was so good that uh, yeah. I ended up replacing the actress who played Sue on the album. And Darla sang seven songs. So, Crazy. Uh, and I actually sent a song to our producer without telling him who she was. I just said, Hey, this 14 year old girl sounds great. And he heard it and goes, Oh my God, it sounds amazing. Get her. <laughs> so it, it wasn't, I got, I got her, her foot in the door, but they sing and she can act Good too. Singing. Uh, but when I get the series rolling, she, you know, she's already 16. Uh, she'll have to audition for that. I can help, right. but you know, I'm not. I'm not going to give her a gig that's going to be weird if she isn't as good as everyone else. Forgive me for not knowing. Uh, do we know the the plot of the? I mean, I know you know. I don't. Saying, is it is it public? <laughs> is it public knowledge? Uh, the uh, the plot of the your of the play? Uh, it's about street kids, about uh, you know street punks, uh, how they got on the street, and why their lives are. Are uh, they're happy? You know they have problems and issues, but generally they're much happier than they, where they were. Which is different, you know, from uh, a lot of homeless people who have lived their lives or mo- and have kind of fucked up and just gave up. Uh, where these kids are like, oh fuck, I'm, I was in a really bad situation, and now I found a family on the street. I found kids like me and. You know, it's about family. It's about chosen family. Awesome. I really look forward to seeing that. And especially knowing that, you know, because it's weird with Broadway and, you know, being here in New York, having it shut down. And I guess it adds a whole other element to just trying to produce a play in general. How hard I can't even imagine how hard it is just to produce it, you know, without a pandemic. So it's it's great that you're kind of attacking it from two, two different ways. So so much coming from you, uh, Mike. I, I'm I'm really excited, and I'm I'm happy you're in a 
a good place. You know, you wouldn't be bad, Mike, if you're sober forever, but I'm glad you're sober now and you're, you're getting things straight. Uh, JT, do you have anything? Yeah, I, I, I'm going to take a year off. A year is a good round number. Okay. I like yeah, I, I never worried about Fat Mike overdosing or, you know, becoming oh. a, a really bad, like, uh, a non-functioning drug addict. But we're all not getting any younger, man. And I, I worry about just, you know, you're, you only get one set of organs. So I'm glad to hear you're taking care of yourself. Because I want to hear uh, another, yeah. you know, 2,000 no effect songs. So for selfish reasons, I want you to not die <laughs> well, or be incapacitated. Uh, uh, this, this, v, this year we're putting out two records, which not a lot of bands do. So it should be interesting. So then you're going to put out – and then when are we going to expect the uh, continuation? Is it going to be – you know what? Let me ask November. November. Oh, okay. All it's right. not so a continuation. Before or after the next GNR album. <laughs> okay. No, the, the double album the, – the, the 13 songs that didn't make the album – uh, are not going to make our new album. Okay. Those okay. will come out somewhere else. Okay. Right. Okay. So single album coming out February 26th on Fat Records. And then uh, do we know the name yet? Or are we just going to say another no effects in, uh, in the fall? All right. Don't know the name. That's fine. I'm just happy knowing that we get two no effects albums this year. That's great. <laughs> so I like a challenge. You know, this, the last time was four years between albums. And so, yeah, I'll put out... Two records in a year seems like the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do. I don't know. It's what I'm doing. How about this? Let's tie everything together. Call the new album Chinese Democracy 2. See what happens. They'll get publicity. No? Okay. Or abuse your illusion. <laughs> abuse, your abuse your illusion three. <laughs> you could do Actually, that. Actually, no band that did that already. Yeah, probably. Uh, Mike, thank you so much. This really was a thrill for me, not just as a radio professional, but just as a personal fan of your music. No, thank you for taking the time. I know you're a busy guy. You've been doing plenty of interviews. So uh, I, thank you. Yoga, yeah. Yeah. I hope thank you for saving me time. from doing yoga this morning. <laughs> no problem. Thanks for having me on your show, you guys. You got it. You take care. See you, fat Mike. Namaste. Bye. All right, JT, we're going to wrap up here. You know, awesome. That was great. That was we, awesome. we got him in a good mood. It sounds. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's funny. Uh, and we're still, you know, we're recording now. Sure. So obviously you see, you see, uh, so you see that cause it's weird doing these interviews on zoom and everything. And you know, when we first connected with, with Mike, uh, again, I didn't, I'm like, does he right in the lower left of zoom fat Mike? Does he do that? But he wrote his full name and he, <laughs> he just came in. It was like a big glare over him. I'm like, oh yeah. no. And he seemed like annoyed he had to move. I'm like, oh no, is he going to be in like a bad mood? And you could see he was one of those guys that just liked giving you shit. And I took it. Yeah, I think, but I think I took it. He was cool today. And uh, it's funny, you know, everybody has this perception. I would say this is also true of Axl Rose. Uh, of Fat Mike, where like he's going to be mean to everybody or something. But if you talk to people that know him, He's the most generous guy, one of the nicest guys, you know. I mean, I'm I'm so happy he came on this podcast and we got to talk to him about Guns N' Roses. It's yeah, it's awesome. Thank you. I will say cuz uh this show would be nothing without the people who listen and JT is one of the people who listen and JT's another listener who put me in contact with somebody to as I said to I think I forget if I said it to him on or off the air. But you connect me with somebody who connected me with that Mike, you know, his rep or whatever. Yeah. And it materialized. I mean, I always just appreciate the effort. 
You know, I, I never expect anyone to do anything for me, but the fact that you reached out, you've written me these long detailed uh, prep emails for this interview, you know, which is just, um, I was, it was great. It was absolutely great. So you get total credit for being producer and co-host of this. Uh, Thank you. Of this episode. And I'm sure there'll be some fans. Uh, I mean, that's what he does that are going to be annoyed at what he said about GNR, but I'm, I'm not a sick of fan. Obviously I love Guns N' Roses. I do. A, 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 <laughs> yeah. I mean, he went a little, I'm not going to, you know, he's, I don't agree he's with fat him. Mike from no effects. And like, it, even in the lyrics that I brought up, Almost all of them are derogatory about Guns N' Roses. You know, he's talking about the GNREP because his wife had the record. And he's like, get this away from my Fugazi record. You know, like. I know. I know. And and lumping him in with Paul Stanley. But it sounds like he does have a a respect for them uh, more so than than a lot of their uh, peers. You know, he loves Duff. He wants to go biking with Duff. Yeah. Hopefully that that would, that would be a sight because <laughs> Duff's just in like crazy shape and Fat Mike is you know. <laughs> well, soon soon it it sounds like he's he's doing yoga. Mike. He might he might be less Fat Mike or even yeah. Thin Mike soon. You know, portly, portly. No, no, that's too. That's not. That's not right. Uh, I mean, there's there's parallels with their there's some parallels. Right when GNR got Melissa Reese is when NoFX got Karina from the Dancehall Crashers playing keyboards and singing. So they both added female vocals and piano and it's, it has a big impact on the sound. I think I, I love Mel- the piano now and no effects, you know, and Melissa and Mike both, both have blue hair. So there's that as yeah. well, <laughs> but it, it was cool. Uh, just to get to talk to somebody, you've been listening to the music over and over. I mean, I know you've been, you've seen them a million times. You're a bigger fan than I, but it's always interesting to, Invite someone like that on and me, you know, I got GNR stuff everywhere and I, I just don't ever want to cut because I'm not this way. The sycophant that just excuses, that thinks that Guns N' Roses can do no wrong. I don't think that of anything or anybody, you know, or anything is valuable. I do. No. <laughs> uh, I, I just, I, I just. Axel, Axel is infallible. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I mean, obviously I, I'm a fan of the guy and support him, but, you know, I, I'm not thinking of anything specific right now. And also, I'm not going to correct his, uh, like my guest's opinion. I'm not going to get into a full-on argument, you know, unless he wanted it. Like, let's break down the tracks, you know. Let's break aren't, down, break down, you know. Uh, aren't you happy that Your Illusion is a double album because it's more songs? You know, I, yeah. I, look, w- there's no effect songs. All right, Pharmacist's Daughter is a song I didn't like that much. I used to skip it. But after I got tired of listening to Bottles to the Ground, I started getting back into Pharmacist's Daughter just like I got into Bad Apples late to the game. You know, there was sleeper songs. I used to, you know, you know, I didn't always listen to Shotgun Blues or You Ain't the First. But thank God they're there because I didn't get another Guns N' Roses song for 15 years. I know. And I've had this discussion ad nauseum. I, I put a poll up on social media not too long ago. About, I guess people's. I mean, it's not. It's nothing new, but I think it was what the anniversary of the illusions. Uh, maybe like a, a couple months ago, or whatever. So, yeah. On the anniversary, you asked these these questions, and and for me, other than uh, just the "Don't Cry" alternate lyrics, because it's like I I don't want to learn another of the same song. I, and I I'm not even gonna say. Oh yeah, I don't like my world. 
but I have no problem with a novelty song being on a double album. I mean, look at I'm fine with it. It doesn't offend me. It doesn't offend me. And like you said, and I said this too, we have the music. We we have this music. Like they can't take it away from us. You know? Yeah. So, you know, maybe you don't like the whole thing, but we just don't have a lot out there. You know, since Chinese democracy, all we've gotten is rock the rock on Looney Tunes. <laughs> I, I don't even, you know? And it's a good song. Not bad. I know. I, I, I wish there was a live album of Axel with ACDC. So do I. I mean, God, he was so good. Uh, you were at the same show I went to at the Garden. And uh, Jesus, man. It was almost like the, the Axel of ACDC was competing to be better than the Axel of Guns N' Roses. He was so incredibly on uh, vocally and performance-wise. And him and Angus just crisscrossing the stage constantly. I'm going to see I, if you can hear this because this is appropriate. I don't know. I don't think I've done this in, in a long time. News. I haven't done a shotgun Let's do news some. In, in so long <laughs> because you mentioned uh, Angus Young and he came out recently in an interview that nothing materialized with him and Axel. There is no music, you know, for <laughs> longest time. I, I never, not that I ever really believed it, but like, what if maybe Axel's on the new ACDC? didn't happen okay i'm sure there's a secret i mean unless like you know angus i don't know if angus young would show up in a new guns or roses album maybe people just want gnr and that's it but the fact that yeah we saw an amazing show maybe the best show i've ever been to and axel sounded like he put it very very well he sang better than he had and he had with gnr at the times i not that he sang bad when i've seen him He's been fine. Yeah, he was just, just so on point. <laughs> that raspy, it was just insane. And I remember just looking around. At it, was like, it was like 1987 Axl Rose showed up to be an ACDC, you know? He can do it. And I just remember the people around me looking around like, whoa. Like everybody was expecting it to be weird. And it did just you see him? Away. Did you see, uh, I know you're not an LA guy, so you probably weren't there. But uh, when he sang with the Billy Joel band. Well, I mean, I saw the uh, the video on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. So I, this, I don't like this, the song choice. I don't like the, the what was it, Big Shot? I, I don't like the song choice. Yeah, I, I think maybe they could have done "Live and Let Die" would have been cool. Um, well, it should have been like it would have been a Billy Joel song, right? Well, you know, they so I work for the Billy Joel band sometimes at the Garden shows. Well, obviously you, not right now because nobody's nobody's doing shows right now. Oh, what do you? Uh, is, what do you do? I don't know you? if you can see behind me. This is one of my. Pro- possessions is i was not at that show where axel sang with them but uh the billy joel crew are such nice people that they they gifted me the dressing room sign uh from when axel sang with them oh that's wow <laughs> so there's a motorcycle above it it says uh you know it's you know a, it just a, says axel this is a in, in black print right underneath it you know this is i'm just describing it for the radio uh portion of this no that wow that's brilliant. What do you do? Um, I know you, you, you remind me. Don't break it. Jeez. Yeah, there it is. Oh, I love it. A laminated. Oh, perfect. <laughs> oh, that's nuts. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, what, what I do like you do, to uh, Axel with other bands, but it would be nice to have new Guns N' Roses. But I sure. just want to hear new songs with him singing on it. Uh, rock the Rock was fine for me. <laughs> I mean, don't we all? Before I lose it, though, what do you do? Uh, with, forgive me if you told me before off the air. What do you do with uh, the Billy Joel Band? What do you uh, for them? I just I'm a, a production runner. They'll bring me in every so often to you know 
pick him up from the hotel and make sure Billy gets his after show food and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, nothing, <laughs> nothing special. But I, uh, with no effects, uh, is the band I've seen the most. But just from working that garden residency that Billy did, uh, I've seen Billy Joel like thirty eight times or something. Yeah, and he uh, always he always has special guests come out. It does. Um, I'm a terrible New Yorker. I still haven't gone to see him. We're going to this that. year. Oh, you were going to go to the, one of the garden shows. Ah. That was the plan this year. We were going to go to see Billy. We were going to see Elton. You know, we were going to go to the whole Poison Motley Crue thing. Ugh, right. Awful. Yeah, right. I mean, you know, the shows are coming back. I think it feels like we're all going back to work in the fall. I don't want to jinx it. I in really New Zealand, hope it's the maybe. summer. <laughs> in Australia. No, I, I, I think USA outdoor shows end of the summer season probably is what I I think. All right, all right. Um, well, I'll I'll, I'll but, take you it. know, you know, I'll, I'll take I that. My, I got my home projects to work on. I'll keep myself busy. Yeah. <laughs> and another thing I want to mention, as I did just did this uh, impromptu shotgun news thing, uh, considering I interviewed. Um, the band Suspect 208 not too long ago, and it's by far my most listened to uh, interview. And I wanted to give a time, I guess, to talk on an episode about it because I didn't know what was private amongst them, but because they publicly broke up, or I should say uh, Roman was, uh, Noel uh, Wyland, Scott's uh, Scott mm-hmm. Wyland's son, was publicly fired. You know, he posted some stuff on Instagram and uh, you can see some screen caps on our social media about repeating. Um, yeah, and I don't want to like use his words again. And I, you know, I also think about you know what would I say when I was twenty, you know, and had social media. Thank God I didn't have it then because it was like a social media back and forth between him and the band, and it was becoming it was sad because they were all so nice to me at least in the interview. And you know, they just no. started. You wanted something good to happen to them, but as far as uh, I you know, never know. They, I, I hope there's some men uh, they can patch things up because yeah they always you always got the history repeating itself thing and a couple of things I do want to mention uh, to that um, the suspect 208 is looking for a lead singer as far as I know they they put out a press release I don't think it's been retracted yet so if you want to yeah I'll send my tape I guess I th- I, <laughs> I didn't get the Stephen Adler's Appetite gig but I think you, I can maybe get this one did you apply for Adler's Appetite. Yeah, well, Jamie sent me back an email uh, saying he wanted to hear a, an audition tape from me. And by the time I was like getting my shit together, they had already picked somebody. Oh. I'm like, ah, man, I really yeah. should move to L.A. just so I can get in some of these Guns N' Roses projects. That's funny. But yeah. hey, I mean, I'm in Appetite for Destruction. I get to be fake Dizzy Reed in the top tribute band in the Northeast. So that's, you know. That's right. So not you, and, and you were the one that was not there when Dizzy showed up? Am I remembering this right? Yeah. Uh, so uh, we, we talked had, about this on the Joe List episode where I was right. your, your guest host. Dude, yeah, I, 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 I played I with my band. Is. That's right. <laughs> I don't know what day it <laughs> is. I was, yeah, go ahead. I, luckily, I was there in uh, when, right when Not In This Lifetime started. Uh, they brought me back into Appetite for Destruction to be, to be fake Dizzy Reed. But at that show at Starland Ballroom, it was like a thousand person show. Uh, Axel Rob came out during Out to Get Me and the lights were blinking in his face and he misjudged the lip of the stage and fell off the stage and broke his arm. And four songs in, he had to be checked out by EMTs 
and he was fucked up and couldn't finish the show. And I just stepped in and became Axel. Oh, wow. And, <laughs> yeah. And like, I hadn't played with them in four years. And if I was not at that show, it would have been a four song show. It would have, everyone would have had to get refunds. So it would have been like a real Guns N' Roses show or yeah, I, I thought 90s version. Yeah. I thought he was doing some fake 90s storm off the stage shit. That's but no, he was really injured. And uh, there's videos on YouTube. You can look up just Appetite Starland. You'll Oof. see me. You'll see me dressed as Dizzy Reed singing out to get me as Axel. I'll have to check that out. And and for those, because we're getting new listeners all the time, we had Appetite for Destruction, the, the cover band, uh, in studio when you could do that sort of thing, uh, perform some songs. And it was great. And, and, yeah. and yeah, it was great because they told, they told the whole story about Dizzy Reed showing up. Uh, and th- he was able to fill in because you weren't there as, as, Disney. yeah, but they can't share that video because of legal reasons. Well, whatever. you know, what I, I think maybe that's up on YouTube or somewhere now he, he played civil war with them, okay. but, uh, it was great, but yeah, uh, it's but, awesome. I miss, I miss those guys a lot and I really can't, I mean, the next show we have on the books is supposed to be Paramount to Long Island, but that's in June. There's no way it's not getting pushed back. So uh, the Paramount. Yeah. No, I appetite for a great band. I definitely can't wait to get back to playing with them, but yeah. Something you, know, you think we'll about, see. you know, here's also another impromptu uh, shotgun news that came up. So appetite for destruction. You were never, ever sued by guns and roses, right? You never no. were given a cease and desist. Well, did you hear nope. that new story about a, a Pearl Jam cover band that was sued and cease and desist and has to change their name? They were Pearl what Jam. What are they with- called? Pearl Jam with two M's. God, that's pushing it. I mean, you know? it's stupid. I'm not going to lie. It's a stupid name. But <laughs> that would be like if we were like Guns or Roses or, you know. <laughs> but people do that with cover bands, I thought. Like they just barely change it. And if you're too stupid to think that that's really Pearl Jam, you deserve. Like, I mean, like, what are they going to rob you of? You know? So the fact that Pearl Jam. You know, not GNR gave like a season assist. I thought that was pretty, uh, pretty interesting. You think I might assume me when I start up not FX? <laughs> you probably won't give a shit. <laughs> no one yeah. uh, take a while to learn how to play bass like him. And I, I do want to mention this cause I said it on social media before I get out of here. I, I know, um, it's about the Noah Wyland thing. I know a lot of people say, uh, you know, like father, like son, or, you know, it's like a whole Hudson Wyland thing again. You know, I I said this because I've gotten some private and public messages about the fact that I talk about mental health on this on this podcast as well. Just think about it, like you know, as somebody who lost his dad, like me, you know, uh, like just let's just code it nicely to to depression. You know, and I'm a private citizen. I can't even imagine what it's like seeing people talk about your dad all the time online. I remember one time. There was one time because uh, my dad was a dentist and he had a Facebook page up. It wasn't very active, but uh, just like, and, and somebody left a review of how do you leave a review for a dead guy? I flipped out, obviously, and you're online flipping out. And, you know, and that's one person. And it's like, it's obviously, I don't even think anything of it now other than just, I haven't thought about it until this very moment. So it's, it's nothing. But if you're, you know, uh, Noah Wyland, if you're London Hudson, if you're uh, any of these, um, oh, oh, what's her name? Uh, Francis Bean Cobain. If you're uh, any of the Cor- Cornells, I mean, yeah, it's, uh, 
Like I know that we're, we're the rock stars. We're doing a podcast about rock stars. It's fun, but it, you have to sometimes think that they're not cartoon characters. Not no, they're, they're real movie, people. They're not movie characters. They're real people with families. So you know, I, I try to do my best because I, I catch myself slipping with you know judging people. Or but social media, I'm so much better. I mean, I used to be terrible. If I was like Noah Wyland when I was 20, oh, the things I probably wrote, yeah. the things I probably thought was funny, were awful. You know, when you're you're 20, and especially you know all those years ago when we were younger, what was fu- you know considered funny back then. So it's just something that I just wanted to kind of. And now we're doing the shotgun news segment. Now that I have some time to talk about it on the podcast, just think about it. You know, you don't have to like uh, Lincoln Park's music, but do you really need to uh, make Chester Bennington jokes? If you can make a joke about that, you know, so. No, it's not cool. I mean, if you got some cool. off color joke like that, you know, maybe tell your friend that has that kind of sense of humor, but don't fucking tell the whole internet. So if that you want it, right. person's family. That's how know. I look at it. If you want to do it privately, freedom of speech, yeah. say whatever the fuck you want. But I mean, just think about, try to think about someone else. If someone else's kid is out there, these, all these rock stars have kids, you know, they're, they're, they're parents. So I, 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 I don't know. I guess I wanted to wrap up kind of like a Mr. Rogers neighborhood and just look, get, yeah, be nice to there. everybody, especially on the <laughs> internet kids and be a good neighbor. Oh God. Jesus. Well, I, you know, you're, you're a good neighbor. You are officially JT. You are a, you are a awesome. <laughs> Thanks for having me on this. Uh, this was really awesome because, you know, I've, I've met him plenty of times throughout the years, Fat Mike, but to really get to have a conversation with him in the format like this on one of my favorite podcasts uh, Thank you. was just awesome. I Really Thank awesome, man. And I appreciate I get, to, I get to talk to him about Guns N' Roses. How could I have ever brought that up organically backstage Never. at a NoFX show? Hey, 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 uh, uh, Guns N' Roses. <laughs> Never. Know? And that's always kind of the goal, other than, yes, getting people that we care about to talk about Guns N' Roses. I want to get some random people that you will never hear talk about Guns N' Roses talk about Guns N' Roses on this show. Yeah. And, and I also want to acknowledge thanks for the, uh, the last-minute time change. Oh, cause I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I said it on the podcast, so I have to acknowledge it. I thought I was going to be doing this interview at one in the morning. Turned out to be one in the afternoon. Not my fault. Yeah. The lovely person who set us up, you know, the, hey, we got ready faster Eastern time. And we didn't have to time. stay up late. Yeah. Oh, thank goodness. And then, uh, I guess in real time, as I check my fake watch, I'm interviewing uh, Ricky Warwick in like half an hour. So <laughs> that'll be the next episode. So until then, when will you see the interview? Well, the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy. You'll see it. I don't know if soon is the word. No! Fuck it! No! Yeah! Thanks to the lame ass security, I'm going home.